welcome to Persona Non Grata, a Persona 5 podcast hosted by me, Alan, and my confidant extraordinaire. For the last time, it's Ryan. I've played all of Persona 5. I've all of it. The whole thing. I've, I've just all in one go. I played all of it. Hello. Yeah, if people don't if, if people don't know, this month we are going all the way, and we uh, recruited a Persona 5 expert, uh, and here she is. It's Jen. Hi, Jennifer Uncle. How are you doing? Hey, doing pretty well. Um, I'm eager to talk about this since it's it's one of those plot-heavy games, so it's kind of difficult to just go, hey, how about that moment, huh, On in public. So it's nice yeah. to kind of get a lot of this off my chest. And we should say that we're doing this because we don't want to play this game anymore. <laughs> no, we do not. Uh, uh, at least not not on a deadline. Yes. No, um, the way to play this game, from what I've heard from other people, is just do it in one go, and don't stop. Because the moment you stop, you're just going <laughs> to fall off, and that is what has happened over the course of these few months. At least with me, Alan. I feel like you've been better at playing this game, but it's at but it's because you knew that I wasn't going to play, so you knew you had some buffer time, <laughs> so I can catch up, <laughs> and that's the yeah, only yeah, reason I- you kept playing. <laughs> because there were several months where i was like oh god ryan finished a while ago i need to go and then i was rushed i was like no i'm gonna i'm gonna catch up and so like i've played uh everything up to the start of the next dungeon that we were going to cover which is the fifth dungeon um and as soon as it hit gave me the like all right now you have the dungeon deadline i was like no i don't want to do this (laughs) (laughs) and 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 so this podcast was also inspired by a conversation we had after recording our last episode with um m from abnormal mapping um who asked us some very important questions that kind of made us reconsider our whole situation here uh ryan if i remember correctly the two main questions were one uh are there people listening who are excited to hear you talk month to month about persona 5 no and like fuck no <laughs> <laughs> god no no one i'm sure people listen to it and thank you for enjoying it yes but nobody was telling us like oh man loved your talk about this yes. this specific thing and then the second question was are we going to be better off having suffered through this game together and will we be closer friends as a result and the answer to that is also no fuck no <laughs> it's it was part of a conversation about like how there are certain games that we play even though we don't like them and also this like obsession in our current times with like finishing every game or like movie or show that you start it's like you have to finish it and or else you can't talk about it but it's like no we've played enough of persona 5 that we can absolutely like call ourselves uh semi-experts and and be able to have a conversation about it so i guess that's what we're doing here we're gonna i feel well and also that and also like i feel like the things that we would criticize the game for we kind of already hit within the first few episodes that we've done and i don't think the game would change thematically enough to make you know doing more episodes of that like we don't need to go through all of that because i don't think the themes of that game will change much going forward other than weird plot stuff that we will get into which i don't actually know anything about so maybe i'm wrong but so yeah the way we're doing this is we're actually going uh to ask jen some questions about what happens in the rest of the game um what happens to all the characters that we like where do the social links that we care about go and uh and kind of like answer the questions that have been dogging us for the last five months and just answer them and lay it all out of the table. So when you say again, five months, I can't believe that we did this I for know. this. Long. <laughs> uh, we would have been here until December. We would God. have been until like late December doing this. Uh. Um, 
Which is around it's the time so... where it ends, the actual game ends too, but... Uh... See that's that, okay, that's the only thematic. good thing. That is the only good thing, though, is that we <laughs> accidentally made a little line so the game is months aligned with like the time we actually play it, which was cool, <laughs> but it was on accident, and we didn't actually think of that when we started it. So, right, and there is, I think, a Persona podcast um, that is going on right now that like plays through the games on the months that they take place. Like there, there's a cast literally doing that um, with other Persona games. I think they're on Persona Four right now. Uh, so it's not exactly like an original idea and the whole, I think we also mentioned like, uh, oh, it's cool. Kind of like playing it like a TV show. But like you said, this game definitely would serve us just playing through it faster. Cause there's so much like all of the stuff I played through for the fifth dungeon was dialogue. I think I did zero. I barely touched the analog stick. Honestly, uh, like I played it for hours and hours and did not get to moving around yet. Also, if we're talking about shows, like. Twin Peaks held my attention for 18 hours. Persona 5 doesn't hold my attention for that long. <laughs> it is such a slog. It barely managed like 20 hours before I was like, oh, we're kind of just doing this, right? <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, I guess let's get into it. Let's talk about um, what happens next. So we last left off um, having met Futaba. And um, from what I remember from the little bit that I played. Oh, wait. Hey, did, uh, her, did her mom commit suicide? Her, did you know that her mom committed suicide? Hey, did you know that her suicide. mom committed suicide? <laughs> the game will remind you of that. Um, well, all I remember was I was doing some socialing stuff, and I was like, I can't wait to do a socialing with Futaba. And her first rank of her socialing is like, you need max kindness. Fuck. Like, Fuck off. <laughs> Come on, Futaba. <laughs> I just met her. Like, can we just hang out once? Oh, good shit. Yeah. This game refuses to give you the thing you want ever. <laughs> That's amazing. So I, I kind of like halted at this point where I was like, all right, Yusuke needs more proficiency before I can hang out with him. Uh, uh, Makoto needs more charm. Uh, Futaba needs kindness. And uh, I think Sojiro also needs kindness. So I guess I'm just not going to do any social links then, except the doctor. Yeah, and then there's that um, whole gunsmith that's there from the beginning that's like, yep. okay, am I hard enough now? Nope, he's still not interested in me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's, yeah, 100% designed as a, like somehow someone in their, in their mind has enough time to do a new game plus of this and... And hang out with him, or do what Ryan did and just get your guts up real, real. Early. I got all the guts, and then I hung out with <laughs> Max him. Max guts, and then I was like, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> it's so, not uh, that it's not that amazing. I, yeah, I've heard I've heard what happens with that one, and just like the gist of it. But we'll talk about social links after. Mm -hmm. um, what happens uh, in the fifth dungeon, Jen? The dun the dungeon where you meet Haru. So right before that, you have a excursion to Hawaii, like a class trip to Hawaii. I, I'm just oh, it's great. Yeah, and it's. The thing about that class trip is almost nothing happens, and it's forty minutes long. They they do things. <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly just hanging out at the hotel with uh, that I'm forgetting that kid who designed that uh site for you. The, the, the oh, machine, yeah, machine machine toilet yeah, 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 you're you're rooming with him, and he he's he just keeps looking at his phone, being like, "Oh wow, I can't believe how popular this site is," and stuff like that. And <laughs> no. then then you go to a beach and ask everyone, like, "Oh, have you heard about the Phantom Thieves all on the way in Hawaii?" And people are like, "Oh yeah, the Phantom Thieves. They seem to be doing good stuff." <laughs> <laughs> and um, oh my god, during that trip, essentially. Two things that are kind of important happen. One, you leave Morgana behind because you can't really take a cat on a 
class field trip to Hawaii and Mm -hmm. he kind of starts to resent how he's being left out of things. And um, during that time, the principal is also, the principal is the first example of what happens when someone actually gets their shadow self killed entirely. Like, Oh God, I forgot about that. Yeah. He's dark. Yeah. He's walking towards um, somewhere in traffic. Well, he's walking on a crosswalk. Suddenly he, just stops in the middle of it, his eyes glaze over, and he just stands there until a semi bowls him over. Yeah. Mm. He was going to the police, by the way. Oh, yeah. Okay. He was going to, like, report everything. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so there's a, like, long, quiet cutscene. That's, like, a really dark cutscene, actually, where you're just like, we're all going to Hawaii, and we're going to hang out. And it's like, also, your principal died. <laughs> he went into a trance and died. Yeah. And, uh, and it's done by that uh, production ID, IG, the Ghost in the Shell people, so it's... It's pretty effectively creepy, so. <laughs> yeah. Is it really? Yeah. They did all the cutscenes. Oh, I didn't, oh, I didn't know yeah. that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I remember about Hawaii was, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, like, uh, the boys trying to, like, go, like, we're going to go hang out. We're going to go score some chicks. Yeah. And, and your character. Because it's a Persona game. Because it's a Persona game. And the girls are like, we're going to go be tourists. And, like, On knows English. And we're going to, like, use On to, like, meet people and have fun. Oh, right. Uh, uh Yusuke somehow manages to be there too, even though he's an entirely different school. He's on a different field trip. He goes to LA. <laughs> yeah, he, he was supposed to go to LA, but there was a storm, so he landed in Hawaii instead because that that whole route makes sense. <laughs> what? Yeah, that lines up. <laughs> yeah. He's like the art students go to LA. It's a beautiful city, and then you have like long conversations about like the difference between Hawaii and LA as vacation spots, wow. and you're like, no, Yusuke, he's worse off. And then he's like, no, I'm here. Hi guys, I got, I got my swim trunks. Yeah, and by the end of the vacation, everyone's like, I guess we just did nothing but hung out at the hotel, huh? <laughs> Which is kind of a cherry on top of just wasting your time watching this nonsense happen for 30 to 40 minutes. The so, Sorry, the only thing from that that I loved was the last day of the field trip. You have an option, at least I had the option of like... Uh, what's the shitty blonde boy's name? I can't believe it. Ryuji. Yeah. Ry- Ryuji's like, you gotta come with me. We can go score some girls. And then uh, Makoto's like, do you want to go for a walk on the beach? And you get a choice. Yeah. And oh, it's hell like, yeah. why would I ever choose? <laughs> yeah. Why would I choose Ryuji in that option ever? <laughs> yeah. You just get you just get a nice walk with Makoto where she's like, I'm really liking this. It's not even like that romantic. It's just like, hey, we're having fun as friends on the beach. And I'm like... <laughs> This was the worst choice you ever gave me. <laughs> it's nice that they gave it, you, it to you, though, so you could make a purposeful choice to leave behind Ryuji. Yes, and then he just comes like he comes out at the end like I didn't meet anyone. <laughs> like good, I had it, and you don't tell anyone about your meeting with Makoto. We don't like talk about it. So I had a cool hangout with a girl, and Ryuji was sad the whole time, which is goals. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, what happens from there? Basically, once you get back, Ryuji and uh, Organic kind of get into it screaming at each other over really petty shit. Morgana decides, okay, I'm done with you guys. I'm going to start doing things on my own. So he abandons the group. And sometime around there, you kind of, you're looking for your next target. And Okumura, the CEO of Okumura Foods, is at the very top of the list. Now, the group kind of suspects that's a bit off because... What kind of a social media website like their Phantom Thieves group would put a food CEO at the top when there's all sorts of flashier victims available? But 
essentially they decide, okay, we're going to do this without Makoto. I mean, we're not, we're going to do this without uh, Morgana. We don't need him. <laughs> and uh, this, this level is actually kind of the worst in terms of thematics because mm. <laughs> essentially um, <laughs> uh, Mr. Okumura's whole thing is I own this more or less a gigantic fast food chain. I own the Big Bang Burger. and Yeah, he owns the, the Big Bang. That's the whole, like, oh my god, it's the place we eat at, and there's also one in Hawaii. It's a corporation? <laughs> like, they're, like, surprised <laughs> that it's big? Yeah. So, basically, when you get to the factory itself, it is palace is styled like a factory. They see all these various workers that are there that look like robots, and they go, oh, I guess he sees all his people like robots, huh? Just like oh objects. Oh, and... God. <laughs> and it, that's the thing with this game. They will do a visual metaphor, and then the characters will talk about it for yep. five to ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And In case you weren't sure. Yeah. The level has all sorts of things like uh, you, in order to get past certain gates... You have to turn off conveyor belts by turning it onto break mode, and break mode only lasts for 30 seconds, and they announce that in very obvious ways, like, time for your mandated break, and it's it's very clear what they're putting down to a point where it's like, look, I get it already. <laughs> the fast food industry, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of the game. It's like, blank, blank, I get it. Come on. <laughs> get on with yeah. it, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> At some point, you get to this point where you can't pass anymore because it, the palace has a bunch of biometric scanners, but you see Morgana being trailed by someone else who's hidden in a bit of shadow, and the two of them end up passing through no problem. So you kind of regroup and think, okay, we should probably track down Morgana and see if we can get his help because he clearly knows what he's doing, and... Essentially, when you eventually meet up with them again, you see the figure kind of do a flip out of the darkness because Morgana kind of sees himself as a mentor to this new person, and it's Haru Okumura, the daughter of the CEO, and she's actually really cool. Like, she's... She's this... She's very non-typical for one of these rich girl kind of characters she's pretty kind and kind of someone embarrassed about how much resources that she has but her outfit is amazing it's like a picaresque picaresque free musketeer sort of outfit she has a little feather in her cap the hat is raised to that one the brim is raised on one side she kind of has something that looks like a fencing sword a traditional black mask that's just one of those party masks. She's pretty cool. She's the beauty thief. Yeah, that's the other thing. Um, Morgana forces the name beauty thief onto her, more or less, and everyone's like, uh, maybe choose something else. <laughs> yeah, essentially... Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, for Ryan, this is the girl that we saw in the school a couple arcs ago, and they were like, who's that cute girl? It's that girl. Uh, and she came out of a car once. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's Haru. Gotcha. So we've known of her before. So there's a few back and forth where they both get in trouble, so you have to find a way to bail them both out. There's one point where you're chasing them into mementos to be like, 
no, we should really work together. And it kind of goes a bit back and forth like that until eventually you're eventually both out at the same time and she starts getting harassed by this rich looking dude about her age to the point where they're kind of talking about the rich dude and his friends are talking about more or less assaulting her and everyone comes out of the woodwork to defend her and you find out that after you rebuff him that he's he's the son of another big food corporation and he feels slighted by this and is going to take it to his father to go against Akumara. Akumara's solution to this is being like, okay, we'll smooth things out. I'm going to do an arranged marriage with Haru and this other dude and this is final. You're not going to talk out your way out of this and have fun. So the deadline for this particular dungeon is if you don't do it in time then the arranged marriage goes through and this abusive almost rapist will be marrying Haru and that's the thing that kind of pushes everyone into action like yeah we're gonna go ahead and take care of this dude so this is where I you're about to hit where I stopped playing because I got to the scene where Morgana like uh, is with Haru in the street and then Sigumura, the fiance comes up to her and threatens her and then like Morgana like kicks him into a wall and you're like whoa this cat's powerful <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, and he's shit and then you go into the dungeon because you're like all right timer has begun let's do it and I'm like all right this is great Haru doesn't need to have an awakening because she's already a phantom thief she's gonna be in my party from minute one and then every time you talk to her Morgana's like no she's weak and useless you can't fight with her yet she can't uh. fight I'm like fucking yeah <laughs> like come on oh my god yeah she has to have her second awakening before you actually get to fight with her uh, oh she has another awakening great yeah she... <laughs> so that's that's where I stopped basically yeah at some point you you face off against shadow boyfriend and that's the thing that gets her to finally be her all-powerful self and um Eventually, you get to the top. He he initially tricks her by pretending to have a change of heart without any of their actions. And temporarily traps the group before they break out. And this fight is both cool and annoying because it's all on a timer. Like, Ugh. it yeah. It, it's, oh, no. It's a giant UFO that's above the food court the factory and if you wait too long it will take off and <laughs> yeah so you're fighting him in this giant spaceman outfit and his big his main attack which will completely fuck you up unless you guard at the right time is the big bang burger and it's a <laughs> celestial burger that rains from the heavens and shoots the shit out of you more or less wait that's good yeah th that attack <laughs> is very good <laughs> so eventually like always you beat the snot out of him you make him renounce his ways you steal his treasure which happens to be a one of those die cast figurines that sort of like a gunpla kind of thing oh and yeah. uh immediately after you leave um a figure out of nowhere just pops into view and shoots him right in the head. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. And then 
the scene immediately cuts to them being like, oh yeah, this we're going to keep waiting this deadline out until the supposed confession time that always happens. Mm-hmm. So, which is always at the end of the deadline. And basically to celebrate that he's finally going to be telling the truth. Uh, since she's a rich girl, she rents, she rents out Tokyo's... This game's fake version of Disneyland, essentially. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> After they... It cuts to them at the in the evening at this fancy outdoor restaurant in a totally deserted Tokyo Disneyland sort of situation, and everyone has these cute little hats on, like fake Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse hats. Futaba Aww. has these rabbit ears. It's it's pretty cool. But then, essentially, while you're celebrating and watching fireworks in the park, you end up tuning to the news conference that. Uh, father akumara is giving and right as he's about to say okay i think i know who these people are and i'm about to tell you the same thing that happened to the principal happens to him his eyes glaze over but instead of walking into anything he just starts bleeding this black gook from every orifice and collapses oh no yeah oh that's that sounds cool yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, the way that they frame this is you're basically at the top of the top at this fake Disney world that you have all to yourself, and then you immediately watch things crumble from that moment on. Hmm. So essentially, after this happens, the public starts seeing the Phantom Thieves as, I don't know, are they kind of murderers now? They seem like they're murderers now, and... Um, at Haru also goes through her own bit of self-doubt, which actually doesn't really go anywhere. She she needs some time to herself, which is understandable after watching your father die on live television. So she's just hanging out at the mansion. She also learns that the principal received a calling card. So she has a bit of self-doubt, like, okay, are these people that I teamed up with actually murderers? But... It kind of just resolves itself. She realizes, yeah, they probably wouldn't have done that. So, two, two things related to that that I caught mm-hmm. again right right before I stopped playing. One, uh, the first time you go, I, this might be spoiling what you're about to tell us, but like, hey, the first time you go into this dungeon, uh, a friendly a boy detective happens to be nearby and also slides into the dungeon with you. Oh yes, um, yeah, he. I don't know if they say explicitly that he went in, but it's one of those situations where he definitely sees you going in. And it's like, right. oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also, I forget what the other thing is. And actually, just go on. I'll see you. I'll actually, see you anything else to say. Uh, this game likes to have its dungeon uh, sort of setups as like, this woman is about to do something she doesn't want to do. Time to save the day. Persona 5 likes doing that. Yeah, and um, it, that's pretty much the last of those that's like that, but uh, mm-hmm. well, I, guess, I guess the next one could kind of see could kind of be like that, but we'll get into that anyway. Um, after all that happens, at some point the culture festival comes up and you're kind of short on the special guest since you're since Makoto being the 
school president and all that more or less ropes you into planning the culture festival with her. And essentially, somewhere along the line, Akechi drops a few hints like, hey, we might want to talk at some point. So, conveniently, everyone is more or less voting for Akechi because he, everyone, he, as these things are happening with the Phantom Thieves, he's getting more and more popular. And, of course, he's using that the way that he always does, talking about how, oh, I want to be the one to take down these phantom thieves and i think i know a few things and so you're like okay we could either spike this vote so and everyone will know that we purposefully didn't invite a catchy or we'll just go ahead and invite a catchy so the culture festival gets um starts going and sometime during that point he becomes the Akechi is the keynote speaker of that culture festival, and... He goes to TED Talk. <laughs> sort of, yeah. They, he, he goes on... The, he goes into the school assembly to basically talk about various things and answer audience questions. And Makoto is there to basically be the moderator. They do some slight back and forths like, oh, don't you think the Phantom Thieves kind of did a good thing here and he's like well i wouldn't maybe the results were good but the methods weren't good and towards the end while it's wrapping up he says okay i am 99 percent sure i know who the phantom thieves are right as he's about to give everyone his guess he receives a phone call um steps away for a moment then comes back and says okay i'm i can't do this anymore i'm gonna be i'm i have to go See you, everyone. And uh, then he goes backstage and he's like, hey, bring your group together. We're going to discuss some things in one of the classrooms. And uh, in that classroom, he basically lays it all out like, yeah, I know you guys are the Phantom Thieves. I have this photo of you pe people disappearing mid-disappear. <laughs> 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 yeah, he's like, oh, God. <laughs> he's like, so, I could just turn you in now, but I'm kind of concerned about uh, Makoto's sister, Sai Nijima. I think that this investigation might be... She might be getting a bit too into the investigation, and we should talk about potentially working together at some point. And he's, he's basically like, look... If you don't agree, I'm going to rat you out. And also, if you do end up doing this with me, you have to promise me that this will be the very last Phantom Thieves mission. Like, you guys are going to hang up your coats and masks and never do this again. Oh, man. Uh, so Akechi is, like, the dude who's, like, I, I think Antifa is as bad as the Nazis. It's, like, his <laughs> whole ideology. Yeah, he's... He's the charming, um, he's the charming boy detective who is always constantly going like, well, I, I feel like fame might be in a bit of the way, but then he's clearly enjoying all the attention he gets from the cameras. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and, uh, at some point during that conversation, the classroom, after everyone else leaves, uh, Morgana and your character kind of talk to one another going, huh? 
I think this just proved our suspicions from before. And as it kind of slowly ramps up, you start meeting together in upstairs of LeBlanc uh, and kind of planning things out like, okay, Sainijiba is probably going to discover who we are around this date. And Akechi seems to have a pretty good idea of when the attack will actually happen if it happens, like when they'll actually get a warrant and do a raid. So from that point, you're essentially planning and going into... He's, he's joining your team, more or less. He claims that he's... Mm -hmm. He's claimed that he's seen the person who killed Akumara, and that's why he believes you. Oh. Like, okay. and that's how he also explains how he got his persona. Like, yeah, I saw this person, and the only reason I escaped with an inch of my life is because my persona came out, and mm. my true self was awakened. And um, huh. from there, you kind of prep and go into Nijiba's palace. Which turns out to be a... It's within the... What's supposed to be the courthouse. Since she's a prosecutor. But the courthouse uh, is... Well, I'll, 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 what do you guys think that the courthouse is in a game uh, like this? Um, I'm looking at the wiki, so I already know. Okay. <laughs> okay, so it's on me. So it's the courthouse. Ryan, what's... Yeah. Courthouse. Fuck. Uh, think about Twin Peaks. Think about Twin Peaks. You can do this. Oh shit! Oh, now you're putting me on the spot. I have no idea. <laughs> it's so dumb. I love it. Okay, I'll just go ahead and talk about it. It's a, okay. uh, it's a casino. <laughs> yeah. Fucking goddamn it, <laughs> Mr. Jackpot. <laughs> yeah, the casino music is actually pretty awesome, but the way that that dungeon is structured is the suck. Basically, all the different game. In order to get to her. Sai basically confronts you at the very bottom of the casino saying, Hey, I know what you're here for. If you want to get up, if you want to actually confront me, you're going to have to play by the rules of this casino and get to the very top of the building. Wink. <laughs> and uh, the thing about all the casino games is they're incredibly rigged. Like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, like uh, various things like the slots and the blackjack table are all designed in a way that no matter what you will always lose so you basically have to go into the into the behind the scenes of each area and break break what's ever causing it to be rigged and that's kind of what keeps you moving upward and upward and makoto the entire time is going oh my god is this how she sees the legal world is this how she's <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like Oh, this she only sees everyone as getting by, ahead by being as corrupt as possible and Oh man. Yeah. Uh can I ask you two very quick questions about this dungeon? Sure. So the first one is, um, how does the framing device handle this part? Cause is Sai like, hey, you're in my head. You're telling me the story about how you're in my head. Get out. Oh, oh yeah. well, it's inside the bigger sister's head. It's inside the prosecutor's head, so Right, but the prosecutor in the framing device is the one She's the one talking to you also. Oh, yeah, she's... Oh, yeah, that part. Yeah, she's... I guess they don't handle it, do they? <laughs> they... She gets pretty annoyed. <laughs> like, she's like... Oh, you, you went... 
you went this way, but the other thing is, if you recall the opening of the game... Yeah, that was my second question. This is the beginning of the game, isn't it? Yeah, this is basically where the... This is the point where the framing device is starting to wrap up. Because, you know, okay, this is the point where the trailer is going to be revealed and all that. And essentially, when you actually... Well, I guess another important point to make is this was around the time, like right before the dungeon started, where I was pretty sure what was going to happen. I had played Persona 4, and I could see the cards lining up in a certain way, like, okay, this is totally going to be the person that flips. There's no way that it isn't going to be. And it was pretty much who I thought it was going to be, but we'll get to that slightly later. Okay. Okay. And um, once you finally get to the top and defeat uh, Sai Nijima, Akechi offers to go get the treasure, and your and your group is going. Oh no, we'll we'll go do that. Why don't you just keep an eye on her? And eventually, it gets out that oh shit, the police have somehow infiltrated this palace. So everyone starts running and. At some point, just like the beginning of the game, your character gets singled out, captured, thrown into jail. And this is where things get really twisty and kind of disappointing and also kind of incredible. Okay. Yeah. So before this podcast, uh, Ryan sent me a question someone asked me. I Someone asked regarding the podcast saying, can you explain the whole heist thing? And... Yeah, that I'm was John, sure, by the way. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this was what John was talking about, because within the confession room, while you're starting to... The drugs are starting to wear off, so you're remembering a, a bit more and more from pieces that have already come before this specific moment. And mm-hmm. one thing that kind of... Before you s- stop talking with Sai, you start thinking like, okay, here's these things that were set up beforehand, before this heist. Like, someone mentioned something about pancakes, and after a few of those clips play, you are basically... uh, Sai is wrapping up, and she's like, okay, now that you've told your whole story, will you rat your friends out? Will you give me their names? And in order to get the good ending... You have to let me guess. <laughs> Don't rat them out. Correct. Yes. You have to be like you have to be like, nope, not saying a word. And uh this actually <laughs> And uh doing that means that surprisingly Sai trusts you even more and Yeah. <laughs> it's the breaking point where you start seeing a few more flashbacks to the point where and they're still not being super explicit about it even though they kind of are if you're reading between the lines mm. they go okay you have an option that basically goes okay you have this phone i need you to take this phone take my phone and show it to akechi as he's coming down to finish the interrogation because essentially sai was buying time before whoever they were sending was going to come in and do the proper interrogation So she's like, I don't know what you're up to, but I will show him this phone as I'm passing him. And 
and, yeah. And the phone says, uh, happy face all on it. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, I just looked up with the bad ending. This is where the bad ending happens if you choose it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah let's, okay, let's just see what, what happens in the bad ending before we go forward. Well, uh, it's it's tied yeah, to the good ending because they're okay. very there's a very slight variation, but it makes all the okay. difference in the world. Oh, okay, sure, okay. sure, cool. sure. So, okay, so Sai is passing along. She sees Akechi in the hallway. She has a quick chat with him. She shows him the phone, and is like, "Oh, okay," and starts walking away. And as soon as she's like maybe fifteen or twenty feet away. Akechi just grabs his head in a certain way. His hair gets a bit messier, and he's like, foolish woman. And <laughs> that, that's literally a quote from the... <laughs> yep. And uh, he walks in. There's only one other guard in the room. He shoots the guard with a silenced pistol. He goes, okay, this is going to look like an accident and look like you killed the guard and then killed yourself through a fit of rage and he shoots the protagonist right in the head and then walks out there's a giant pool of blood and everything and then (laughs) your care after a long cutscene of everyone reacting to the news bulletin that your character is dead like all the cast looks very sad and all that it cuts back to the interrogation room with the pool of blood your character lifts his head up and does a devilish grin to the t- um to the camera. <laughs> so it turns out that what happened in that scene is they did- never really stole Sinejiba's heart. It was the thing that they pulled out was a prop. So the palace never collapsed. So what they did before the events of the heist, they went into the underground of the police in this in her shadow version they created a fake version of you like a fake cognition version of you whoa fake guards and all that and earlier a bit earlier in the heist um futaba kind of steals akechi's phone for a moment just to be like hey i want to see that phone that looks cool and she secretly installs a version of the palace app that's configured to launch from her remote control. So what happens is when Sai shows Akechi the phone, that's when she triggers the shadow version. So oh God. <laughs> yeah, he so he walks in, he shoots the fake you, and comes out and the way that they configured the app the way that they configured the app is they actually explained it all in super duper detail in a certain part because it doesn't make much sense and it was (laughs) yeah it was still kind of confusing after they explained it but essentially it was designed in a way so both Sai and Akechi would go into a fake version at a specific time and then leave at a specific time without them knowing so, wait, uh, so the thing, the, is it like the bad ending is this doesn't work and you actually do get killed? Is that what happens? Yeah, uh, the bad ending is he he comes wow. in and you think, I think I forgot something. And then you get shot. He kills you? 
Yeah. <laughs> it's the same cutscene, except you actually die. Oh, nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's kind of lazy. I like it. I respect that. So then... <laughs> So then Sai, who was already won over by you, essentially... Sw- Wait, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I'm still reeling from the implications of that. I think I forgot something. I think I forgot to, like, not rat out my friends. <laughs> like- yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a bit... It's a bit... It's a bit messy. And, um... The reason that... Well, first, the way that he gets back and alive is... Sai smuggles him in the back of her car back to Cafe LeBlanc. Great. <laughs> yeah, and at some point they give the signal, they all clear that, okay, everyone's going to meet back in Cafe LeBlanc for a debrief. And they explain how they knew Akechi was up to no good earlier. Like, um, the thing is, his story about meeting the, the culprit fairly recently doesn't check out because... In a scene way, way earlier in the game, like when you're at the TV station and uh, people are talking about Dome Town. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, I know yeah. what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. yeah, he comes in mentioning, oh, did I hear something about pancakes? The thing is, none of them said anything about pancakes except for Morgana. And the only people that can hear Morgana have been to the Shadow World. So. Oh, shit. Yeah. So they recall that in a specific moment and then... The classroom scene is revealed to be the part where they were kind of testing it a bit further because um, Morgana was saying a few things too, but none of them were reacting to Morgana. And I was like, oh yeah, I guess Akechi did kind of look over to you and maybe respond once or twice. Huh. Yeah. And Revealing that Akechi can hear, knows like Shadowverse stuff and can hear Morgana, etc. Yeah. Okay. And Great. eventually they... They they actually explain the pancakes thing three or four different times. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. <laughs> they explain it first to themselves, like through fa- flashbacks, and then the, Sojiro, the guy who's your coffee buddy, more or less, the Japanese version of Doctor Venture, is like, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good comparison. Yeah, he's like, okay, can you explain all this to me so I can get a sense of what you guys were actually doing, and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of goes uh, a bit like that where they just explain everything to Sojiro in a way that's like, okay, yeah, we're gonna remind the audience once again of what exactly we just did, because we're so clever. <laughs> and uh, eventually you guys are like, okay, yeah, I guess you can't go to school anymore right now because whoever was going to kill you is still at large, and you're just gonna hang out in Café LeBlanc for a while and just lay low. And... Eventually, your crew kind of puts two and two together, figures out that both Akechi and the larger forces at work are under the control of this rising politician, Mayoshi Shido. And that's the guy from the beginning of the game. Yeah, the guy from the beginning of the game. The guy who. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. I knew <laughs> it. Right. Yeah. What did I say? Yeah, they, they kind of tease him earlier when you're at the restaurant and. Yeah. He's like, out of my way. And you're like, I remember him from mm-hmm. somewhere. And it's like, yeah. Because yep. the same voice and everything. <laughs> yep. The same and, character uh, portrait. They wouldn't put up a character portrait if he wasn't a porn. He's, yeah, if he wasn't bad. He was also on TV at one point talking about, like, I'm running for president. And you're like, that's cool. That's a guy. They never talk about it. But he's totally, like, on the TV. Yeah, totally. Um, 
Great. And um, it turns out that they've been running the th- they've been running your site for a little bit of time, like somewhere around the supposed Medjid hack. That was actually them kind of just getting in there. So that's why Okumura rose to the very top of the rankings. It was them because he knew too much. It was them kind of guiding your hand a bit. And kind of setting things up to be like, oh yeah, you'll do our dirty work for us, and then we'll put all the blame on you. And that's how they also got Akechi to sneak in and kind of turn your operation into a eventual sting. So, yeah, like all of the people that you've been taking down have been put to the top of the list because of this guy? More or less, yeah. And every single character in the game, like every single one that you fought against somehow is all connected to Shido. Like, the... Like, the principal was kind of letting the person get in... Letting that uh, gym teacher do whatever because it was basically earning Shido... Everything ties back to Shido earning money in some way, or clout. And everyone's... Well, the first few jobs were basically the ones that you were doing, but the rest of them were them taking out people that had become inconvenient to them. Mm. And you're finding all this out just as the election is about to happen, and you're like, well, we clearly can't let this dude win because he's this dude that six assassins on people and just seems like a pretty bad person in general. So the way that things kind of go from there is... This is kind of a weird point in the game because you're supposed to be laying low, but you're just out meeting people anyway. You're just wearing a you're just wearing a long hoodie. <laughs> yeah, and that's how I'm subtle. Like, can you still go on dates and stuff? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and eventually you kind of find your way to the front of the national diet because you're trying to figure out what his palace would be like, and. Eventually, you figure out that, okay, he sees this... He likely sees government as something that he can steer. So you eventually get to the idea that, okay, it must be a ship of some sort. And before your eyes, the whole memento, the whole palace world thing happens. And you discover that his palace is the entirety of Japan being steered like a cruise ship. From okay. the from the National Diet Building. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. And essentially, there's surviving group members. Basically, everyone except for Akechi. Who I should mention something about Akechi's initial appearance, like during the missions that you're going on with him. Mm-hmm. It's this really fancy sort of bird-like outfit. Like he has this long red mask with a beak nose and yeah he kind of has these like a band leader's shoulders he's he's dressed very much like a beatles character and uh panic at the disco meets the beatles (laughs) yeah and every time you do his all-in kill it uh he does a little dance which is pretty great i I just had to get that out of the way because i really like a catchy in spite of all this stuff like i know that he's a terrible person and I just kind of found his buffoonery and egotism and just his everything kind of charming in a way. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, 
eventually you get onto the casino slash ship and well mostly just a ship it just has some casino sections because of course it's a it's a it's a rich dude a corrupt rich politician's idea of a cruise ship and this is by far the most annoying part of the game in terms of dungeon design because there's a specific part where well throughout the ship there are statues of shido and if they're activated everyone turns to rats in the room that they're in with the <laughs> shadow. I am with the, sh- oh, the statue. Fucking Banksy. <laughs> yeah. So you you do a few platforming things like that where sometimes you need to be small to get through a hole or sometimes you need to be big because that's the only way you can open doors. <laughs> okay. Damn it. Yeah. And there's, right. there's one 30-minute puzzle where it's just going through all that and it's the most annoying thing ever because no. if you die once, you have to do the whole thing over again. Heck yeah. I love it. <laughs> it's my favorite game. But yeah, there's the, there's basically this door in the middle of the ship that's... The way that it's locked is that there are five influential members of the of Japanese society who have the keys and you have to... You have to open the National Diet Building by getting every single person's key. And there's a few times where you try and do that subtly, like... You go to this dining room where everyone's eating. Uh, These rich people are eating, it's invite only, and they're talking about how... Oh yes, it was such a pleasure to get some of my own assassinations in with the help of Shido to get his... To get his help. So we would help him as well. And... Eventually, all of them sort of end with each character that's supposed to be playing a cool going, yo, you kind of fucked up, so I'm just going to kill you and take your thing, okay? (laughs) And uh, most of those are pretty... Most of those don't really have anything to them. Like, uh, they all pretty much run the same, except for one of them, which is the absolute worst. It's near a swimming pool. The person who has the key, his big thing is he's a womanizer. So you basically get all of the female characters to go, okay, all of you are going to get into bikinis and try no! it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and try to seduce him, more or less. And No! <laughs> Toilet game! Trash game! <laughs> yep. God. Yeah, and they do things like the big running joke in that game is on things that thinks that she's a great actor so she puts on this wildly inaccurate british affectation and yeah but the person actually buys it and is like yes you're such royalty you should let these plebs leave and and eventually he starts trying to grope her and that's when you end up beating the shit out of him and uh yeah that's the thing with that's that's the thing with persona it, it Persona Five, anyway. It it's constantly doing this stuff to all the women characters. No, you're yep. Persona. You're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I suppose you are. Yeah. Even even the spinoff Catherine's like that. And uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so okay, just what you've been describing so far sounds like what I've expected. Like it turns out the guy, so he's just like doing this all to get his government a bunch of money, and then you're gonna take down his palace. We have to hit a point where this turns into some Persona 4 true ending, like, evil gods bullshit, right? Like, we're going to get there, right? 
we'll get to what the final thing is yes <laughs> okay great all right all right because this okay. isn't the last dungeon this is like what dungeon seven yeah it's it's the next to last dungeon okay great yeah and okay so are so we're to believe that every single dungeon that we have completed was all part of this dude's plan to forward himself in whatever society not all of them no like okay. the after a certain point yeah the first okay. one was them you catching them by surprise okay okay you didn't know who you were at the first point yeah the next, okay the next two or so are also sort of situation where it's well the next two are sort of things like you're you're taking out guys that are close to him and you don't really know that yet the fourth okay. one is just futaba the other thing is he's directly responsible for futaba's mother's death like Shido, yeah, of course. Yeah, Shido ordered yeah. the hit because if you if you paid attention to the way that they were talking about her mother in that dungeon, they imply heavily that she was a researcher and was yeah. who had some ideas. Cognitive science. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fun. Basically, cognitive science. God. Yeah, science. Yeah. Arr! So he was Hell like, yeah. "I need this research for myself because this seems like the perfect way to take over Japan." So, yeah, he ends up offing the mother. And uh, the thing is, um, just to go back slightly, um, Sojuro, since he was kind of close to the mother at some point, he he had a bit of experience with it. And he was actually at one point a government worker. So he was into politics at some point before he was basically protecting the mom and a scandal brought him down, more or less. And so he's just mm. laying low as this coffee person who has some okay. tricks up his sleeve. And uh, most of those tricks are just you keeping you safe and stuff like that when you least expect it. But mm. Okay. Yeah, eventually you, you get the fifth card key from this... <laughs> okay, this is actually the best one that you get because it's this mafia guy who's basically there for muscle. And... You basically get, you basically initially work out a deal where like, okay, we have, we have Yusuke with us. He's a very good artist. You seem to be into tattoos. Why don't we have him design a tattoo for you? And uh, everyone's initially like, well, Yusuke's like, I really don't want to do this, but if it gets the group ahead and at some point they get into discussing tattoos and Yusuke's just so appalled by what's being suggested for the tattoo that he's like, no, I'm not fucking doing this. <laughs> so that's how you end up fighting those guys and taking their key and during this whole point Akechi is kind of like okay this seems a bit weird it seems like things are a bit more quiet than they should be and these people seem to be missing at this certain time and eventually he puts two and two together and by the time you beat the fifth one he comes out to Basically, say, yeah, uh, my secret power is that I can make anyone's heart go crazy. And he demonstrates this power on a bunch of low-level shadows that are near you, turning them into super-powered shadows. And after you defeat them, he gets so enraged that he turns his own heart crazy. And <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> it's, it's really goofy. The all right. <laughs> he he reveals the reason that he's been doing all this. Like, um, it turns that that he was the bastard child of Shido, and 
he's always felt alone in his life and like he doesn't matter at all and basically he's using this position as the genius boy detective to help Shido out and take care of his enemies and the idea is that once Shido is elected Akechi's gonna go oh yeah by the way I am your bastard son and now I'm going now you're going to do what I say because otherwise I'm gonna ruin your whole fucking political career which is a really it's a really long roundabout way to get revenge but (laughs) whatever works for you dude (laughs) so eventually you end up fighting him some more and you're kind of doing an okay job but it it doesn't seem like it will be super it doesn't look, look like it'll be super decisive suddenly the cognitive version of um akechi shows up and shoots um the real akechi pretty bad saying like <laughs> what <laughs> yeah the fuck <laughs> Yeah, and the way that they reveal uh, this is like, oh yeah, joke's on you. She don't know knew the whole time, and he's just clearing up loose ends. So buy a catchy. God. And the way that your crew initially reacts is like, no, we need to protect the, the real catchy. We need to make sure that this doesn't he doesn't go down. And a catchy's like, you dumb idiots. Let me. I'm going to lock myself in here and just. And make sure that this Shadow Akechi doesn't get out because fuck Shido. And <laughs> you guys go ahead. Don't don't re- don't rescue me. I'm going to do this. And he practically throws you out and locks the door behind him as he as he kills the Shadow Akechi, and he is killed as well. So it's a tulpa. <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> Basically, after this, you're like, okay, now it's time before we go in to send our calling card. And the way that you do this is so much more flashy than all the other ones. You know those hacker movies where they have those really clever visuals of, oh, here's these little jokey sort of... You've seen Ghost of the Shelf standalone complex, right? A little bit. Have you ever seen the stuff that the Laughing Man does where he puts his logo all over screens and has a weird distorted voice read things out and make jokes? Yes, that's exactly the stuff I've seen. Yeah, it's basically that sort of situation where Futaba, being the expert hacker, plays this video that they've already pre-recorded in the Shadow Realm, where, well, the Palace Realm, where they're all slightly hidden by the shadows and by their costumes of the shot, and they're basically like, yeah, Shido, we know that you're a bad person, we know that you have been pulling the strings of everyone around here. And we're going to make you confess in front of everyone. And there's it's pretty cute because everyone's lined up in a group, silhouetted, and then your character just walks up to the front of the screen, his mask, I mean, his face obscured by his mask, and he goes, yep, we're taking you down. And Nice. Yeah, during that whole cutscene, all the police are scrambling to be like, hey, what's going on? Why are they on all these channels? We need to take them down somehow. And Futaba's doing her... This amazing gremlin hack face where she's just like Meh, as she's <laughs> as she's basically sending the signal, bouncing the signal to every single station in Japan. So Jen, so Jen, this is like this is the end of the game, right? That's the final <laughs> boss. Is we beat the bad guy, and that's the end, right? Well, you, you, you think so? After after you eventually fight him, the way that he does a final kind of fuck you after you 
get him to a certain point where he's definitely going to die. Well, at least the shadow version. He he realizes what's happening, and he has the real life Shido realizes, oh shit, I'm having a change of heart right now. I'm having a change of heart right now. So he pulls out a vial of some sort of poison that will temporarily sorry i uh, looked at a wiki and read a sentence and i'm losing my mind did you read ahead ryan <laughs> sorry it's going we're going places i promise you we're going places sorry i read a sentence that just says tokyo becomes hell on earth yep fucking, yep we're getting there oh, yeah. <laughs> yep so essentially shido's like okay i'm gonna take this medicine it's gonna stop my heart for five or six minutes that's going to com- collapse the palace entirely. And I'm just going to kill all those fuckers off. They, they did this to me. They're going down. So he just downs that vial and everyone's kind of fleeing the scene. There's this one dramatic moment where everyone thinks that... Uh, everyone thinks that... What, what's his name? The blonde one. Why am I forgetting these people's names? Ryuji? Yeah, Ryuji. There's a moment where Ryuji, it looks like Ryuji has sacrificed himself for the group by helping them by tossing them to a certain place and then an explosion happens nearby and it's somewhat obfuscated but it looks like he didn't make it out and at some point when everyone makes it out they kind of find they they start mourning ryuji near the steps of the national diet and suddenly he just walks up out of nowhere being like oh yeah hey you want to get something to eat i'm pretty hungry and all the women are like i hate you i hate you i hate you i'm gonna murder you and (laughs) After that point, everyone kind of dies down, being like, okay, we have to wait for the election. Surely he will confess. Surely he will. Even if he wins this, which seems like it's pretty much a guarantee, he hasn't really spoken out in public at all. He's just gotten really sick. That's the explanation they're using. So election night comes along, and of course he wins, and he he confesses everything in front of the cameras. Like, all the plans that he was enacting and everything like that. So you're like, okay, yeah, he's surely going to go down now. But the thing is, as it turns out, no one actually really cares. Like, everyone... no. Yeah, just everyone's like, okay, yeah, I I guess he might have done those things, but he's our leader and he's... It, that seems like the Phantom Thieves are making things up in some ways. Like, I bet they pulled a trick of some sort. And this this part kind of... This was the one part in the game where I felt like kind of tonally it was kind of eerie playing it when I was because... Not to get too much into US politics, it kind of feels like that's the sort of situation that we're in right now where if mm-hmm. no matter what someone does on front of tv like punch a reporter or try and get a espn anchor fired for expressing your opinion on twitter through the white house people will just go or say yeah or say that he's gonna grab someone by the pussy yep people will just go oh yeah i guess that happened but i don't care and uh yeah your group kind of starts to get disillusioned and wants to figure out what the hell is going on and uh at some point uh, Morgana kind of reminds you that, hey, I'd like to figure out who I am. And uh, though I also kind of worried about what that might mean. So maybe we should keep going through mementos a bit. And essentially, let's see. 
trying to remember the exact thing that sends them immediately into mementos. Sorry about this. You're good. That's okay. Yeah, I guess they on Christmas Eve's on Christmas Eve they kind of decide, okay, yeah, we we really need to figure out what's going on. So, how well you'll do in this part really depends on how much you've been playing mementos because they don't really tell you this, but unless you're pretty close to the end and are kind of following along pretty well. It starts wherever you were left off within Mementos. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to be... You never oh, have to do Mementos that oh, far, that but if you sucks. haven't been doing it, then you're fucked. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, so basically, yeah. you have to clear how many levels of Mementos are left, and then at some point, you that leads into the very final dungeon, which is this creepy place that looks like a prison. The, the thing that they kind of get away from using... The way that they get around the whole thing where you return to home and rest up after every day is the two twins uh, that were watching over you within the prison. They are basically hanging out at various checkpoints, giving you back all your health. And, um, yeah, eventually you find, oh, hey, here's all these other people that we, hey, didn't we kind of break your palaces earlier? Why are you, basically the gym teacher, the mafia boss all of them are behind bars in these very various places along with these other shadowy figures and they're like yeah it's kind of just nice to sit back here you know just let everything kind of roll its course we're just we're totally fine here we, we're kind of thankful that you got rid of our palaces because we can just be in this comfortable place we love it here so much and uh <laughs> eventually you keep diving further and further into this area and at some point you cross a vault door where it's like morgana kind of pipes up and says this place seems really familiar but we can't open this door right now so i don't know i just don't feel good about this door (laughs) (laughs) yeah and basically eventually you get to the very bottom and you find this gigantic holy grail in the middle of everything and the grail more or less explains that hey people are comfortable here people like it here don't ruin this for them and you're like well we're the phantom themes so fuck that and the idea is that mementos is basically the prison for everyone like everyone wants to be content just following along and just knowledgeable that there's someone else kind of controlling the important things in their life for them as they just go about their business. This is more or less where the teaser stuff before the game came out of breaking your chains and escaping slavery and jail kind of come into play. Oh, hey, look at that. So essentially the way that this boss goes down is you beat the crap out of this holy grail for a bit, but every time you... every time you're fighting it, essentially everyone else surrounding it in all their different prison cells basically go like, no, we want to stay here. And they re-energize the Holy Grail. Oh, man. Yeah. And at some point, you end up cutting off all the arteries that are going into it. But it has enough of you, more or less. And it's like, okay, fuck you guys. And kicks you out of mementos. It's the only monster that can actually truly kick you out of mementos. And once you're out of mementos, that's when shit starts going real bad. Uh-oh. It starts raining blood. 
There are yes, <laughs> hell yeah. They're giant, uh, spiny spires that look like kind of, I don't know, twisted tree trunks coming out of the ground. It's very much a situation where imagine the most metal cover you can think of, and that's kind of merging with downtown Tokyo and. You're kind of all just in your civilian clothes watching this stuff happen, and you suddenly realize that uh, various parts of your you and your characters are starting to fade away. Like, you fall to the ground because you lose your legs. You uh. start seeing others kind of vanish sl- slowly as well. And as you as that's happening, people are just passing by like, Oh yeah, we we don't really notice anything happening at all. This just looks like lo- normal Tokyo for us. Hey, remember the Phantom Thieves? Oh yeah, those. I don't think those people are real anymore. And <laughs> essentially, what the Grail is doing, or at least it's representative of where you are within society right now. You kind of see this new poll. Do you believe in the Phantom Thieves? Slowly drop to zero, and as that's happening, you're bas- you and your team are basically fading out of existence. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. It's kind of a morbid scene because everyone's just like, oh man, is this the end? And uh, eventually, once you also fade out completely as well, you're back in your your cell and the... What's that guy's name? The hook nose guy. Igor. Yeah. Igor, he's like, well, you failed. Um, I guess it's time to kill you. <laughs> 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 for For failing so badly. And... You initially fight uh, Justine and Caroline because he orders them to, but eventually they're like, this feels really wrong somehow. Like, I don't know why we're doing this. We're supposed to be rehabilitating you, yet we're being ordered to kill you, and I don't like it that much. So, hey, I've got an idea. Why don't you, you know that, you know that fusing guillotine thing? Why don't you stick both of us in that and see what happens? Wow. So what happens is you do the whole thing that you do when you're fusing other personas in the game. You put both Caroline and Justine within the guillotine and you pull the lever and essentially they form into one little girl named Lavenza. It turns out that she was always the proper version of those two and this specific Igor ended up twisting them by breaking them apart and their psyches apart into two halves. And um, at that point, Igor's like, okay. We're right about Igor, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) At some point, Igor's like, okay, okay, I'm not actually Igor, but... um, You were right about (laughs) Igor, what the fuck? Fuck yeah, I was right about Igor. Fuck yeah, I was right about Igor. (laughs) So... (laughs) That's why he had a deeper voice on this guy! (laughs) Yeah. So the thing that he says is like, okay, yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually something of a, I arranged all this to happen. Like, I'm the one who's responsible for Ketchy and you as well. I made a bet that essentially people would prefer to be controlled over than having their freedom. You, ex- you represented freedom. Akechi represented chaotic control. And... Your lives have been pretty much messed with your entire time just to, just for both my amusement and to kind of figure out who would win. And yeah, I kind of cheated to get what my result is, but it seemed like a pretty okay game. So he offers you two choices. 
one, he'll send you back, your whole team back. You'll continue to be Phantom Thieves, only you'll kind of be doing his bidding because he kind of sees you as a useful method of control. Like, if we direct you to do these certain things, then we'll kind of keep the populace in check. Or you can just say, no, fuck you. And if you say, no, fuck you, for various reasons that I... I can't remember the exact action that drives him away, but he's like, very well, I'm going to take this world over completely, and you're kind of fucked down here, so bye. And at that point, um, Lavenza kind of opens a... She opens a door somewhere, and the real Igor st steps out, <laughs> and it's immediately the exact same actor from the previous games. Yes! Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah. So, basically, the I can write video games now. <laughs> yeah. So he was trapped here all this time, and uh, he's the. He had initially worked with this person to basically be like, okay, yeah. You're kind of holding me in a position, so I'm kind of putting all my faith in your character to see things through. But he's like, it's not too late. Your your friends are in the rest of the jail areas, and essentially you're just walking around this the nearby vicinity of the Velvet Room, um, going to each cast member, kind of giving them a pep talk like, yeah, we, we can really get back and take this on. And everyone slowly starts meeting in the meeting room. At this point, it gets out that um, Morgana isn't a cat or a human. <gasps> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> oh, what, is, what are they? Um, they are a creation by Igor. They are the hope of humanity turned into a vessel. Ooh. Yeah. He was manufactured for a purpose, and the so purpose has been fulfilled. So they're not trans. <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. uh, I, I don't okay. think they're. Yeah, they're, it's okay. not that metaphor. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's not that particular, often poorly handled metaphor. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. But yeah, oh, okay. Um, essentially, once everyone's back, um, Igor kind of sends you on your way, being like, "Okay, you need to take care of this." And um, essentially, as you're finding way the way your way to the top of this hellhole, um, the various people that you've um, social linked with along the way starts showing up within the crowd. They somehow realize everything else is going on with uh, the whole hell on earth thing while the rest of the people don't. And they start screaming at the other people going, hey, look around you. You're stepping in fucking blood. Look around you. And slowly as they're doing that and they, people are starting to panic like, oh shit, where am I? <laughs> they're, they're just kind of casual and they're like, oh wait, yeah, this is bad. This is real bad. And your fight all the way up there, you're kind of fighting these manifestations of various angels. Like, uh, I'm not good with biblical things, so I know that they're real biblical features and biblical angels, but uh, they're basically supposed to be that God's construct of them. And those are by far the most annoying battles I've ever fought in. Oh my god. There's, there's one in particular where... It's this one guy and his two angel cohorts, and you have to time things exactly because if one of them gets killed and the other one doesn't, they'll do things like they'll 
they'll reduce their own lives to near to nothing, so the main guy gets all his health restored. And he'll also spawn them back if one of them is if both of them are gone for too long. So it's one of those things where you, you have to kill all three really quickly, basically. Yeah, or the thing is, you have to kill the two angels, pretty the two sub angels, pretty quickly, and just wail on the other guy, and he'll keep bringing back the other sub angels. So it's just this monotonous pattern of okay, kill these two angels, kill hurt the big one, kill these two angels again, hurt the big one, and. That goes on to the point where even if you're playing on very easy, if you don't have the right equipment, like if you don't have the exact right attacks and they're not hitting at the exact right moment every time, the fight will just go on forever. So, hope you kind of stacked up on those uh, those attacks that you can give to your um, persona through those stickers, because otherwise you're kind of fucked. Oh, man. <laughs> and, oh, uh... Eventually, you reach the top, and he reve- the god reveals himself instead of being the Holy Grail, is Yaldabaoth, um, the god of control. And the fight revolves around these these seven limbs that he has, each res- resembling a, one of the seven deadly sins. As the fight progresses, each one of them kind of grows, and it does these really nasty status effects to your team like lust where they won't attack or rage where they'll attack their teammates you have to be pretty quick about both balancing hitting the main guy and hitting those because if you just let the arms as um as they are each arm counts as an individual turn so he can just be wailing on you for quite a bit and mm. Eventually, once you get him to near the end of his health, your persona, Lupin, kind of has his final awakening, and I might be butchering this name, uh, Satanial. It's like this gigantic Gundam version of, uh... Fuck yeah, wait yeah, a minute. Of, uh, your, of Lupin. It looks pretty similar. And the way that fight ends is you take out your gun, he takes out his gun, you... <laughs> hold it sideways a bit <laughs> and then you fire and then he fires you shoot you shoot this fucking god in the head and you can see a clean <laughs> hole through the god's head <laughs> oh it's persona 3 yeah and uh <laughs> yeah. essentially when that happens through the power of everyone else around you which is like yes believe in the phantom thieves yes i believe in the phantom thieves we all believe in the phantom thieves you finally drive him away and in so doing that, you destroy mementos entirely, and your powers vanish. And basically, you say your final goodbyes to Morgana as he's fading away into a being of light, saying, like, you all did good there. You did you did very good, and I'm proud of you. And Aww. yeah, and eventually everyone wakes up. No one remembers. No one else but the Phantom Thieves remembers anything that happened, and the people that were helping him out. And um, it's still Christmas Eve, but some yeah, that all happened over the course of one night. And Jeez. everyone's like, "Okay, we should probably celebrate Christmas Eve a bit." And then Sainijiba comes out saying, "Okay, yeah. Um, the thing is." We're not getting a, a solid case against uh, Shido right now, and we kind of need you to turn yourself in, main character. 
we'll need you to go to the cops, explain everything, and testify against Shido. And you'll be going to jail for a bit of time, but we will do our best to shorten that or get you out however we can, using legal means. (laughs) And uh, eventually... This is kind of where the social stuff kind of comes back into play, because if you were dating someone and you ended up creating a relationship with them, like I did with Makoto, you you, you have the choice to spend one more night with them, more or less. And, uh... Aww. Yeah. So you're... It's, it's a really sad scene with Makoto, too. I don't know how the others go, but it's one of the situations where she can tell that something's off, and it's really awkward between you two, and you're like... I can't tell you what's about to happen to me, but I will, because otherwise you would probably stop me, but I'm just going to spend this nice time with you. And in the middle of the morning, everyone finds out what happened and is kind of distraught. They're like, okay, we're going to spend the rest of this, of whatever time we have left, uh, fighting for our pal to get out. And through the work of all your confidence and your teammates, you eventually get acquitted of the crime from the very beginning of the game. And Hmm. that's enough to essentially free you as well. And at this point, Hmm. it kind of skips everything between December and when the actual school year ends. So it's kind of like, yeah, you were in jail that whole time, three months or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, from there, it's one of the situations where you have a few days left to just hang out with people and say your goodbyes. And uh, one cool thing that happens out of nowhere during your last day, Morgana jumps out. Apparently, he still somehow survived, at, but he's just permanently this small cat now. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, and there, Perfect. you guys can still hear him. It just no one else can. So Shido's still like, "Hey, cat," and. Just, Morgana's like, oh, this guy sucks. <laughs> and, um, yeah, eventually it's like, okay, you, c- you can do things like, uh, you can ask Makoto to come with you or various things like that, but ultimately everyone else is kind of in a situation where they have something else in their lives going on, so they can't exactly right now be with you back in your old town. Morgana does say, hey, I'm going to come with you because you need a pal. And, um, uh, Basically, the way that game ends is initially you're like, okay, we're going to go hitch a bus or something. And then all of a sudden, all the rest of the Phantom Thieves come out in this truck that they got somehow, or this car. And they're like, yeah, we, you didn't think we were going to just let you go, huh? We're, we're going to ride with you. We're going to go on a little adventure together. One last adventure. And it turns out that some of the police are still trailing you. Like, uh, they seem to be ready to follow your car, so... Whoa. Morgana goes into the... Morgana sneaks in using his cat abilities and removes a important part of the car. <laughs> so they try and chase Whoa. you. <laughs> and it's like, okay, yeah, the car isn't starting, so damn it all. And it kind of just ends with you and the rest of the team riding off near the beach into the sunset, more or less. And uh, that's the main plot of Persona 5, more or less. Like, there's there's probably some little details I've kind of forgotten over time since it's been a few months but that's the general gist of it wow it's my first comment <laughs> <laughs> uh it sounds like it the game okay 
Um, so it sounds like the game ends, and then they're like, oh wait, it can, we can also do a Shin Megami Tensei. It becomes a Shin, an SMT game! Everything you're saying where, like, Tokyo goes to hell, and then gods fight each other, that's Shin Megami Tensei. That's not Persona. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like, it's kind of Persona. I haven't played I mean, Persona. Early Persona, but, uh, yeah. That's also sort of, like, a lot of Persona, too. Yeah. 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 It's a lot of um, earlier Persona, like, uh... Like Persona 2, where you fight Hitler and God and stuff like that. Yep. <laughs> God, Persona mm-hmm. 2. Um, so, that's amazing. Th- <laughs> thank you for that, all, yeah. just in general. That was amazing. That was incredible. Yeah. So, you guys uh, had some questions about the various social links and stuff, right? Uh, yes. So, um, well, just, yeah, to wrap that up. I, I, that sounds really interesting. That sounds, like, interesting. And I'm not at all surprised that there's a bunch of bullshit on the way to occasional cool moments. But that's also, like, kind of not... I don't like that. I don't love that ending. It just kind of sounds like things wrap up real clean. Yeah, they, they um, more or less do. Um, there's a little speech that Nijiba gives regarding... Uh, yeah, adults in this world are pretty shitty, but now that... Now that you've done all this, you should leave the rest of this work to us, really. Well, we'll we it's our responsibility right. to get better. And I also kind of found that ar- ironic in this specific situation where, no, the older adults in real life aren't exactly holding things together <laughs> super well. But, um, mm. yeah, one, one kind of neat touch near the end is uh, N- Nijima comes to visit you in jail a few times, um, including when she's you're getting released and she's like by the way did you ever what was my what was my dungeon actually like and your your only two options are like um i'm not telling you or things like well what do you think it was like yeah (laughs) but the act even though you never actually destroyed her palace she's more or less like Okay, I'm actually quitting as a prosecutor. I'm going to be a defense attorney from here on out, and I'm not going to try and be like, oh yeah, the only way through is destro- is becoming a corrupt um, prosecutor. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Ryan, what do you think about the ending of Persona 5? That sounds like a plot that's a lot better condensed over the course of an hour and 30 minutes than it is over a course of 100 hours. 50 more hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, There's, so that, uh, we've mentioned stuff that, like, we either, like, accidentally spoiled for my, ourselves or, uh, like, fig- we guessed really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I had no, I was, I'm actually surprised that that is the Morgana twist. That's a pretty good reveal. It's like, no, just it's nothing. It's just they're a force of good. Except Morgana sucks, so why are they a force of good? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I kinda caught The Force of Good is super misogynist, as it yeah. turns out. <laughs> yeah, it kinda ca- caught me by surprise too, because there's one point earlier in the game where On's like, Hey, you kinda remind me of someone and it was kinda like, Oh, is this gonna be a situation where he was always a cat and it was just her long lost house cat or something? But it, it turned out that wasn't the case, so... Yeah, red herring. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, okay, I, I think we should just get into it. Let's let's uh, let's go down a couple social links. How many uh, did you end up finishing? Wait, wait. Oh, no, what's up, what's up, what's up? Hold on. Sorry. I need to what's know up? right Maybe. now, how is the Makoto stuff? Yeah, that's the... Yeah. I really liked the, the Makoto stuff. Like, um, it's... Essentially, her arc with uh, the various social link stuff that you do is 
you end up kind of getting interested in the life of another um, student who Couple. apparently seems to be up to her eyeballs and debt at the moment. So she kind of gets a job just working in the downtown Sinjuku district. I think that's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, she's working at a host as a hostess in a bar and she kind of starts getting along with this bartender who at some point accident accidentally quote-unquote drops a expensive bottle of liquor and is kind of leaning on her to keep paying it back and oh yeah and you and makoto kind of figure out that yeah this is really scummy he's mistreating you and it's not the right thing to do and as you kind of follow her around kind of stake her out and just have meetings with her you're kind of just while you're meeting with this guy and her because they're dating you're both kind of going on dates together too and eventually you're kind of you kind of end up in that bar that you work at sometimes it, like the one where you meet the reporter the reporter yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and eventually it's kind of like yeah this is kind of fun you you taught me a lot about social interactions i kind of feel really comfortable around you and you can kind of turn that into a romantic thing if you want and there's one or two scenes where it's pretty clear that you have sex with them like it it cuts to black and they oh. say some raunchy lines more or less that are kind of suggestive and then yeah it it's it was really sweetly done for the most part like okay. i felt good about dating makoto <laughs> cool yeah and um yeah that's basically how it ends like you you find a way to get the student out of the situation and even though they're not best friends like they were at some point, everyone kind of feels better off for it. And yeah, like most of those, the thing about all those social links is at a certain point, they will all ask you to go into the mementos, track down that version of the character that's giving them shit and take care of them. Yeah. With the sole exception of that, uh, the site guy whose name I continue to forget. <laughs> Mishima. Oh, Mishima. Yeah. He um what you do is you just talk down his dark persona version, just being like, hey, you know what? You're not doing a great thing with the site. It's like, <laughs> oh shit, you're right, I'm not. This is real bad. This is real bad. This is all going bad. I got power hungry. I'm sorry. And yeah, it more or less ends with him kind of being like yeah, I'm just going to try and be a good person now. I'm going to try and not be a dickhead. <laughs> even though I... Even though I'm... Even though when you're doing social linking with Fataba and stuff like that, and you eat together, he says stuff like, Kek! <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's like, oh god, this this is not aged well. This is not aged well at all. I know this was written before all that stuff happened, but my god, this is not aged well. God. Yeah, I mean... This game, it came out in Japan a year ago from the day after we're recording this. Yeah. September 15th, 2016. So it there is definitely it's definitely a game from then. Uh That's that's interesting though. I I figured that cuz I know like um the only per, the only social link that I finished was the politician. Mm-hmm. And uh all I remember from that one is that like he it's just more and more of like people saying like, "Hey, you should you should quit, or you should let me win, or I'm gonna pay you." And like, you're not gonna realistically win, so let me have the power. And then you keep going with him to all those events and telling him to stick to his morals. And then he says he does, and then people like him at the end. Yeah, that. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. Another consistency with most of the social links is at some point you're close enough to them where like, oh, hey, you are the Phantom Thieves, aren't you? And they're usually... They're pretty much universally cool with that. That's how the ending happens with the ones that are knowledgeable of you. Is like, I believe in the Phantom Thieves. I believe in you. And oh, because they know you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like um, with the I keep forgetting these names. So I'm really sorry. I should have. If you can just identify who they are, I can I can pull up names fast. Okay. Um, the Doctor Takemi. Um. Yep. The way that that my day, my romance. Okay, so you, you could probably explain that one if you solved that whole thing from beginning to end. Uh, I hit like seven, so I don't I don't actually. All I remember is that she, the people keep trying to take her medical license because she made one mistake a long time ago, and she doesn't think it's fair, and she's beginning she's under a ton of stress. Oh yeah, the way that that ends is you end up visiting the doctor that continues to threaten her in the shadow world, and kind of find out that he was more or less pinning all this stuff on her for a mistake that he himself made, and um. Once you get that resolved, um, he ends up feeling guilty. He confesses everything, and her reputation is more or less cleared. And it still gets out that she's that the person that everyone thinks has died. That supposedly she yeah they're not actually dead yeah they're alive. And basically, thanks to you, she's able to save them and is really happy about that. And at some point, yeah, you can go ahead and romance her. I didn't because. There's a there's a there's a really because silly Makoto. yeah but there is a really silly thing about that game I'll get into after I explain this little ending bit. She's kind of like yeah I kind of figured out you were the Phantom Thieves pretty soon after you were asking about all that medicine and that's why I've been kind of dropping my prices for you every dropping my prices for you every so often and oh. yeah keep on doing what you're doing I guess and um, so the thing is with those romances is. You can technically do them all at once. And um, the game recognizes if you've done them all at once because Valentine's Day rolls around and you can invite everyone together into the same room. Oh, oh fuck. <laughs> and then just. Okay. It's just everyone kind of being like, oh, wow, yeah, you're kind of a fucking dick, huh? <laughs> and just. Good. Good. Yeah, this awkwardness of no. Yeah, we're still. I we're in a poly relationship, <laughs> and I just didn't tell any of you. Yeah, well, the thing about poly relationships is, if no one else knows it's a poly relationship, it can be get. It doesn't kind of work. Yeah, it can get pretty ugly. Uh huh. And yep. it does with basically them getting kind of pissy at each other and getting angry at you, and at the at some point, I think someone kicks you and you fall over. <laughs> don't take don't hold me to that because i don't remember exactly but there's definitely a point where physical injury gets into gets involved (laughs) because yeah you're a jerk but um yep yeah that's what happens if you date everyone in the game fantastic everyone will let Um, you date anyway because it doesn't let you date yusuke which is so annoying to me (gasps) eternally my favorite (laughs) yeah um so can I just like go down these lists and then give me like a sentence of what you remember of what happened to these people? Sure. Okay. Uh, Ryuji. <laughs> okay, so with with Ryuji. He dies. <laughs> <laughs> track track happens. I don't know. Yeah. So with Ryuji, the whole thing is that um he kind of runs into his old uh, track mates who hold him responsible for yep, yep, yep. shutting yep. the team down more or less, and eventually it gets to the point where they're like, okay, um. This 
this pre-existing coach, this... I mean, the side coach that used to be with the head coach is going to be running things now. But you kind of uncover with the help of one of the other teammates that still believes in you that he was aware the whole time of what uh, that guy was doing and mm. getting him to confess all that. And things, everyone's kind of still sore at Ryuji, but it seems to be getting better. Like, it seems like there's a road forward and he's not as worried about getting on those people's nerves anymore because he knows that what he did was right and all that. Oh, yay. Yeah. And um, it basically ends that way. Like, um, the other thing with, um, if you get close to your party members, they will all have their, if you max them out, they will all have their persona transform into something else, like a slightly cooler version or more complex. And, uh, oh, you know. yeah, I can't describe any of them, but uh, it's, yeah. it's a cool touch, I think. Yeah, that's the thing that's been in persona before. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I know, like, when I finished The Politician, it was like, here's the best son persona that you can now fuse. And I was like, neat, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> uh, all right, did you do The Journalist? I got pretty close to The Journalist, but not all the way. It was a situation where she's investigating the disappearance of uh, her partner. Yeah, her right? partner. And yeah. it gets out that eventually they start blaming her for the disappearance of her partner, and they keep pushing down on her more and more for investigating it. I never got to the point where they obviously revealed something about how they were behind that stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's one of those situations where it's always kind of, it's a bit weird with the journalists because initially you're, you're using as a cover, like, oh yeah, we're just dating. We, we can't tell anyone we're dating because I'm underage, but, yeah. uh, yeah, that's, that's our cover. <laughs> and, uh, at some point it's like, oh, hey, this is kind of fun. Do you want to make it a real thing? <laughs> and, uh. Yeah, that, that's how that goes through, more or less. Okay. Uh, this fucking video game. God damn it. All of the like adult women characters, it's like, if you do the romance, then they don't really go into how it's kind of weird. It's just a romance. All right. Though with, so you, can, you can romance yeah. a journalist and a doctor, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know, if, I don't know if, we have, if we can do all these. I don't want to make you talk forever. <laughs> There's like, uh, okay, so the party member was wise. Uh, Yusuke, does that go anywhere interesting? I didn't do Yusuke at all. Like, I, I did it a few times, but his requires so much babysitting. Like, you know, one time I tried to get him taken care of, and I had to come back, like, five or seven or eight different times before uh. it reached the initial point where it's like, okay, you need to go into... You need to break into your old mentor's house. Okay, we don't have enough proficiency for that. So come back again once you raise that, and... Yep. Eventually oh, became a mall, so I decided not to do that anymore. Bummer. Uh, I guess so. You don't have to talk all the way about Haru, but what's the gist? That did you like? What's it? Because Haru's uh, social link, you like don't have a lot of time to do it, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the thing about all those late game uh, relationships is they're relying on traits that you may not have perfected, and they're all more or less yeah. on higher levels that you already got them. So a lot of them are basically built with the intention of you playing them. Plus. Yeah. And that kind of sucks because it it ensures that you don't get to see everything the first time in a 90-hour game. Like, it took me 92 yep. hours to beat this, and I could not see everything within those 92 hours. And that sucks. 
Yeah, who the uh, whatever. I was gonna say who the hell is playing this game twice. I know people who are playing it multiple times. That's fine. Oh yeah, I know someone uh, who beat it twice within the course of a month. <laughs> yeah, it's some people's forever game. Like I under, like I know people who played Persona Four like six times through. Because uh, once you, because also like the new game pluses are never as long because that you're like over leveled and the dungeons are just so easy. Uh, but you're, isn't, I feel like you're just getting diminishing returns. Like eventually you're just waiting for the new people to come up and then doing their stuff and then that's the game right yeah more or less uh fortune teller anything interesting didn't get far with her fair enough uh the gun guy is a member of the yakuza <laughs> yeah and his story is kind of fun because it's clear that uh it gets out at some point that he has a son and uh whoa yeah he is kind of d- trying to do right by that son and also he's also trying to get out- he's trying to move out of the yakuza more or less as best as he can and people aren't too happy with him about that but he's still kind of using this as a lot of his so-called illicit actions within this airsoft place which is mostly just stuff like oh yeah i got this really cool super legal version of this airsoft that looks like a gun and uh yeah you kind of find out that he's kind of a sweetheart behind underneath all that stuff like he's Oh. Yeah, he's a very gentle person when you're actually just talking to him. And and he's not doing this whole tough guy, I have this toothpick in my mouth, let me show you these guns. <laughs> I want to check out my guns. Yeah. <laughs> that guy sounds fun. Uh, did you get to do Futaba at all? Or do her social link, I mean? Sorry. I got to do some of it. And it, it was actually, I wish I did, I'd done more because it's actually, it has some of the sweetest moments, like, it runs through this theme of okay, she's really socially awkward. She yeah. has trouble within public spaces. Why don't we try and help her with that? And mm. it's situations where you're kind of she's kind of into it too. Like she's like, I really want to be more interactive with people. And you kind of go on these little small missions where you kind of ramp it up slowly. Like I want to go find this cool anime movie in the in Akihabara. So kind of hang out with me while I do that and there's a few um shenanigans that happen here and there but overall it's just kind of this positive thing of everyone on the team is more or less looking out for her and kind of helping her come out of her shell and as someone who as someone who's kind of struggled with autism for a really long time in my life before I kind of got a better hold of it I can really relate to that whole I'm going to set these goals for myself and I'm going to have my ba- I had various uh, friends and family members help me get less awkward around people and learn how to talk with people better and I c- it felt really sweet to me in a way I know that some people have really and rightfully criticized it for being really ableist and misunderstanding autism but at least from my sp- perspective it it kind of reminded me of a lot of my own experiences, and I found that pretty special. Yeah. Uh, the, even, like, before the fifth dungeon, there's a significant bit of storytelling where it's like, all right, we rescued Futaba. Let's take her on all these, like, group trips. Like, we're going to take her to the beach, and she's going to, like, hunt for crabs, and then we're going to, like, take her to a record store. And, like, we're going to – they, like – yeah, like you said, like, it feels like a collaborative effort. Uh, the stuff that felt ableist to me was this, like, need to fix her. But Yeah, Totally. Yeah, but, like, again, it, it definitely feels good-intentioned, and they're, like, trying to show, like, hey, these people want you. There's, like, moments where they're sitting around 
in the protagonist's room and she's in the corner and they're like, no, come sit with us. Like you can just hang out with us and like, we can be friends. And that's really, it feels really nice. Yeah. While she's yelling things at a uh, Yusuke, like filthy Inari and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. She always calls him Inari. And yeah. That stuff's nice. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't really th- don't care about, uh, Sojiro. We already talked mostly about his stuff. Yeah. Uh, on, did you go any, anything? I, I know there was like modeling stuff with on. Yeah. There's a bit of stuff with, um, on where you, you get it. She finds another model that's kind of catty towards her and kind of thinks yep. that she's stealing her thunder or something. And you kind of visit the, the friend from the beginning as well. The only really time you ever see that friend mentioned again, even though she was on's oh, best Shiro? friend. Yeah. And jumped off the roof in that one scene. But, uh, which I always kind of felt bad that she kind of got written out of the story more or less after that. Like, she, yeah, she, yeah, she was clearly a close friend, but as soon as she kind of served her purpose of motivation, she kind of disappears except for the one or two moments where during your social link with on, she'll go, oh yeah, I, I really miss her and I'm going to go see her in the hospital if you want to come. Uh, don't people online ship the two of them? They ship on and her friend. I wouldn't be surprised uh, if they do. That, <laughs> that that stuff can go all sorts of ways. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, even with everything that people know, everyone loves doing a Joker and a Catchy together. Like, um, there, there's a specific scene that's pretty great where, um, at some point, this is the game. He comes to LeBlanc and he's like, he's been coming for a little bit of time, and he's like, "Honey, I'm home," and you can kind of. <laughs> <laughs> you can kind of role play that by a scene or two and i think either one of you two kind of goes okay yeah this is awkward we should stop <laughs> oh no <laughs> yeah but um yeah that's fun uh mishima not really i don't care you, you already mentioned it yeah makoto already mentioned it politician mentioned it he's a good politician yay <laughs> And then rounding out the bend here, our last three, uh, the teacher, Miss Kawakami. Okay, so I'm pretty sure that it makes you see the intro with that kind of stuff, like where she gets available, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah, so you go on that whole maid hunt where you're trying to um, invite maids and kind of have invite yeah. them over and see where things go yeah, from the there. Whole th- the whole thing is like she needs money if she tells her that like her sister is sick or something, but then it turns out that... She was tutoring this kid, and then this kid got in the accident, and then the parents blame her for some reason for his death. For she overworked like, him, I guess. For school, doing school well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then I, I think I stopped around that. Yeah, it's pretty much just her needing money. Yeah. It's br- oh no, actually no. Yeah, I think I stopped at the point where she was like, you know what, I'm not gonna pay them fuck that yeah and they're like okay we're gonna write you out to these teachers we're gonna soil your reputation so what you end up doing is you end up defeating their shadows and going yeah fuck you leave them alone and leave her alone and once that the demands stop she feels a lot happier and like she can do her own things and uh you can still invite you can still invite her over even after she quits the maid agency but it's uh, uh... <laughs> yeah it's one of those things where Okay, yeah, if you, the whole experience of you just letting her into your house and just hang out for most of the time kind of makes her grow close to you and you can kind of take things from there. 
and I did not. <laughs> because why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not. I don't want that one at all. Yeah. That's more or less the, how that one goes. The last scene I saw of that was when she's in the hospital or something, like herself, and then the family comes to see her and they're like, hey, yeah. fucking pay up. And she's like, is yeah. this horrible? And you're like, yeah, it's horrible. You're being extorted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I can't tell because they've been doing it for so long that I'm, like, numb to this, but it's bad, right? And you're like, uh-huh. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's basically that one. Uh, I'm curious about the Shogi player. This is the last one that we've seen, and then the last one is a brand new untouched one. So what, did you see? do anything with the Shogi player? I didn't do much. I got a bit into it. Um, her whole thing is that she is controlled by her mother, more or less, so she's mm-hmm. doing a lot of publicity stuff that she's not really into and she's following her guidelines and the thing is with the mother the mother and the her parents were trying to get their own fame at some point but it kind of didn't work out so they're more or less putting she's more or less putting her hopes all on Hifumi and um Mm. I didn't really see how that played out because I was busy doing other things at that time but (laughs) it, it seems like a fun kind of back and forth because she gets really into her shogi playing where she'll start doing all this narration like yes i've got you now and just <laughs> speaking waxing poetically about the various units and stuff like that i liked her i thought she was kind of fun it's just yeah she's definitely like bottom tier like i have a lot of people to care about right now i don't really have time to like meet this brain she comes in a little at a weird time also yeah um I didn't find myself with a lot of time to hang out with her. So that's why I was curious. Uh, and then finally, this is a person who I've heard about on the internet because they have a hat that says get smoked. <laughs> um, Shinya Oda, the tower confidant. Who is this? What's their deal? So it's basically a little kid that uh, hangs out at the arcade in Akihabara. He's He is the go-to expert of this particular gun game. And uh, like a light gun game. And he draws crowds and everything like that while he's playing. He's a big Phantom Thieves fan, and um, you initially can use him to get information on a different target, but after that, you kind of start visiting him because his parents are always away, and he's kind of lonely, and he doesn't really know how to interact with people so much, and at some point during all that, someone else starts approaching the arcade who continuously smokes him and is kind of a dick about it like this (laughs) like this guy that's like 10 to 15 years older than him and at some point you figure out that that player has been cheating and is just this notorious cheater that takes everyone down Uh and um I didn't get to the end of that because the way that the way sometimes those social links will require you to do a few things within mementos or find a few things outside that is entirely clear about where to find them. So I never got to the point where it was obviously going to go, okay, yeah, go check out this cheater. I think, actually, I think I fought the cheater once and he actually is shadow cheats as well, but uh, you can do something to basically defeat the cheat if you work with if you if you work with this kid to get better at the gun game because it uses some of the elements of the gun game when you're fighting him and that's kind of neat but yeah huh 
Yeah, it seems like something that might be go places if I had given it more attention, but everyone else was so interesting to me that I kind of didn't spend much time with this kid. Right. It's another one that just comes in so late that you're like, I there's a lot going on, but I'm sorry, kiddo. Yeah, totally. Young boy. But it's that's that's kind of fun. Um I think that's it. I think that's that's all the questions I had. Okay, how about you, Ryan? And all the questions I had have already been answered at this point, so I'm all good. Wow. We're free. <laughs> We're finally <laughs> Isn't that the real uh, like irony of our show is that it's it's a game about freedom. <laughs> <laughs> it's a game about freedom, and the only way that we freed ourselves was to stop playing it. Now I can play Final Fantasy twelve. I can play any other JRPG I want again. Uh, yeah. I have one less deadline in my life. Yeah, it, it's uh, like war games. The only way to win is not to play. <laughs> Solid reference. Uh, yeah, we did it. Jennifer, thank you. Wow, you just spoke thank for two so hours. Much. Basically, oh my god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, it's fine. I, I'm, I'm glad that I was able to cover as much of it as I did. Um, I was slightly worried since it had been a while, and it was kind of at a, at a point where, while you guys had made it through a significant chunk of it, it felt like there was a bit close to half of it left. But uh, I feel like we've covered pretty much all the bases really well. Yeah seems like it backloads itself with a lot of nonsense and i'm definitely like not i liked hearing you talk about all that devil and like hell stuff but it sounds like that gameplay wise would have just gone so tedious yeah it's it's one of these shorter areas once you actually get to once you get out of the prison area and into the actual streets where shit is going on but it's still one of the situations where there's a lot of sneaking around or fighting or just trying Mm -hmm. to preserve your health so the angels further up don't fuck you up too much and that's a really annoying part. I got through. I walked through certain parts of that level three or four or five times before I got to the end because uh. I just have Captain go back. Like, okay, this angel that keeps regenerating its health is really kicking my ass. I need to find a way to beat it. And yeah, that that took quite a while and a lot of backtracking. That I don't know if it was intentional in the game itself, but it got on my nerves. I gotcha. I'm still reeling over the jail scene. <laughs> like oh yeah we constructed this like fake place and everything's fake and we we pulled off the height we did it we, <laughs> we, he showed he showed her a, he showed him a phone um for me it's like okay so say like walks out of the jail door and like the slow version of american woman starts playing when <laughs> <and>, like, <laughs> she shows him the phone Ugh. Does a little hair whip as she's walking past. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like the game, yeah, it's definitely like there's tonally stuff that I would love to watch. Oh, honestly, you know what we could have just done, Ryan? Let's just watch I the mean... anime. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, I don't know. I think I'll probably just watch some of it on YouTube now. Yeah, I think right now uh, there's like a 30-minute one-off thing that's just like a, a story that takes... It's like one of the Mementos quests that they turn into an anime, weirdly. Oh, yeah. But they're going to make a full adaptation. Like they did with Persona 4, they're going to do a full thing. Not to extend this too far, but I'd like to just mention the um, short a little bit because it's kind of interesting. Um, the main thing that's kind of interesting about it to me is 
it is a mission that's straight from the game, but it's a lot more detailed, and it has this whole thing where the anime itself is you... You're basically setting up Café LeBlanc as a place to kind of catch the thieves that you're after. So they try and take something, but the security goes off, and you get more information about them that way. And um, when you approach that mission itself in the game, one of the characters... in um offers that as an option and they're like no that sounds stupid we're not doing that (laughs) 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 yeah the way that anime is framed is it's a dream that your character has before initially waking up in the velvet room so it's kind of like oh this is what could be and are you ready for whatever's gonna happen oh which is probably why they call it the daybreakers but yeah right persona 5 the animation the daybreakers it's on crunchyroll if people want to watch that um, and then there's like a manga where they reveal that the protagonist's name in this time is Akira, which I kind of like because I kept hearing people talk about Akira, and I was like, God, is there another character we don't know yet? But no, that's just the mo- the anime weaves like to talk about. I read the manga, and I know the main character's real name, like how the Persona Four character's name is Yu. Yeah, um, I ended up naming so- mine. Uh, what, what's the detective name in Persona Four? Um, oh, yeah, Naoto. I named. I named him Naoto. For someone who really likes that character, you sure misremember his name a lot. Yeah, well, it's one of those things where I've been saying a lot of names today, so yeah, I'm keeping them straight sure. is kind of hard. So yeah, I, that was yep. my way of inserting queer representation into Persona 5, was going like, <laughs> yep, yeah, Naoto's going to be the main yeah. character. Well, forward, who, yeah. who was your team name? Um, yeah, I was going to ask that. Yep. Uh, let me think. <laughs> I think it was something silly like... Um, Hmm. It's totally slipping my mind right now. Sorry. Okay, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, so what was yours, Alan? Uh, the Love Rangers. The Love Rangers. Nice. And the Socialists and whoever Jens was. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I noticed some people call theirs the gay agenda, which is pretty funny because they're like, <laughs> "Damn, this gay agenda! It's that's everywhere." Good. <laughs> well, that's good. I really hope that if that scene you were talking about where they say, I believe in the fan of themes, turns into like, I believe in the gay agenda. Sadly, no, because it's voice acted, but yeah. Oh, that, oh, that would have been amazing. <laughs> God, that would have been good. Yeah. I'll take it. Uh. That's fine. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's it. I think we just ended, per- I think Persona 5 is done. It's done. It's in the can. Um... So again, thank you to Jennifer for for being with us on this journey to wrap up this journey for us. Uh, we would like to do another playthrough of another game. Uh, if people have ideas for that, of course, let us know. You know how to get at us. Um, please send us recommendations for games or um, or like a long series or something that we can kind of do this with because uh, it was fun, but uh, to a certain point. And we'd like something that's a little bit more palatable and easy to actually fucking finish. Um, <laughs> I think it's time. Let's just do some plugs, and then we can we can all go home. We can go to bed and, and, re- and rest our voices. Uh, Jen, when can where can people find you on the internet? Okay, so I'm at jbu3 on Twitter. Um, I run scanlinemedia.com with my partner Colin Detmar. We do videos, podcasts, articles, that sort of thing. And uh, there's a few freelance pieces that I have floating around on sites like Waypoint and Pace too that you can check out. And uh, that about covers that. Uh, Ryan, what about you? Taco Detective. It's Twitter. 
Uh, <laughs> that's it. That's all I got. And uh, I'm at Alan Ibrahim, spelled A-L-L-E-N-I-B-R-A-H-I-M. Um, you can follow the show over on Twitter at Podcast Fireside. You can email us at uh, podcast at firesidefriends.net. Nope. Nope. Questions, Questions at, fireside at firesidefriends.net. I was so close. Yes. I got the uh, domain Almost. right. Yeah. We're not Admiral Mapping, but we are on the Admiral Mapping Network, uh, which you can back on there. They have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Admiral Mapping. That helps us. In addition to their amazing network of podcasts that they've allowed us to be on, uh, the Goof Zone, uh, the with the actual abnormal mapping, um, the other one that I like a lot, uh, Second Officer Slog, uh, the Gundam Show. If you're a backer, and I'm gonna see if I can remember this without looking it up. The one about Coheed and Cambria, which is called... It's not I Need Mayo. It's not called I Need no. Mayo. It's, well, it's, it's the, it's the, the website score. is IneedMayo.com. The Amory the podca- Score. Yes, the Amory Score. Yes, those are the podcasts that you should listen to. They're all good, and we're on that group, and it's fun. Um, anything else, Ryan, that we need to bring up? This podcast is two hours long. Yeah, please. please just, <laughs> all right. Thank you. If you listen to all of this, then clearly you weren't going to play Persona 5, so thank you. We just saved you like 100 hours and $60. Go spend it on something else and support queer artists. <laughs> please. Uh, if you liked the game, like, then tell us. Like Abnormal something. Mapping. <laughs> yeah, go support Abnormal Mapping and, and use your money that you're going to spend on Persona 5 on Abnormal Mapping. We just saved you that. Perfect. Um, and again, thank you for listening. And don't forget to take care of yourselves. Bye. Show up, not